Hallelujah. I preached a message a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was on a Sunday. I preached the message on finishing strong. Finishing strong. And I got a lot of feedback from it. Apparently it was a word that we really needed. That we need to finish strong. Amen. You know, we, we, we talked about it's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. And, uh, you know, when I talk about finishing strong, um, you know, for me, I'm a big sports guy. I played a lot of sports growing up and, um, uh, you know, watch a lot of sports. I have favorite teams and all that good stuff. And you see a lot of this finishing strong message uh, relayed in sports. I mean, that's just that's what they're doing. They're starting something, but they have a goal or an end point at the end that they're trying to achieve. And there's multiple things that take place over a course of a season um, that determine whether they finish or not, that determine how they finish. And, you know, right now in, in baseball, I mean, most of you probably won't relate to this, but in baseball, you know, there is no off season is, is kind of how we put it, because as soon as the season ends, they just start talking trade talks and they start tra- talking who's the next big free agent, who are they going to sign with. And you see teams that are setting themselves up to finish something. And every team has a different goal in mind. Uh, there are some teams right now that they know next year, 2015, that's not the year. But we're setting ourselves up for a possible run in 2016, maybe 2017. But they're doing things, they're putting things into position now that by their goal, whatever their vision is that they want to achieve, they're beginning to set themselves up. They're, they're beginning to lay things out. But over the course of a season, you know, every year you've got teams that are ready. This is, uh, you know, we're in it to win it. They have a win now mentality and they're going to do everything. They're going to put all the cards on the table. They're going to spend as much money as they can so they can win this year. This is our year. Our only goal is at the end of this season to walk away with the trophy in our hands. That's our goal. So everybody's in a different season, but how many of you know you and I are in different seasons? We go through seasons in our life, and there's no season. You you don't get to another season in your life without transition, without transition. There's no way. We see it just in the natural four seasons that we have. Uh, We don't really get to see all four seasons down where we're at. But, you know, you get winter and you get snow and then you get the springtime. But that usually brings a lot of rain and stuff with it. And then you've got the summertime and it's just really hot. And you get the fall and you see the, the, the leaves changing colors and you see all the things falling down where they get the term fall from. You see all this stuff taking place, and every season has transition in it. How do we go from one season to the next? And I don't know, um, you know, where you're at in your life, if you gauge your life by the year, but I know that for the majority of people, when December becomes January, there's a page that turns in our book. It's just a mental thing for us. Uh, for you, you might just be on the same path and you say, you know what, January is nothing new to me. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. But for a lot of us, we approach the month of December in preparation of what transitions do I need to make to get ready for the new season 
come January 1. And so when I ministered this message, Finishing Strong, you know, I didn't wait till December 31st to minister the message. I didn't wait till the last week of December. I, I preached that the first week of December. That was the first message that I preached after Thanksgiving. Why? Because there's a preparation that comes to finishing strong, to how you finish, to how you endure through something. And so we talked about that because Jesus said, he who endures to the end will be saved. There's an endurance in this thing. There is a lasting that's got to take place. And I want to make sure that for us as the body of Christ, we last, we endure, we make it to the end. We finish strong. He says, if you will endure to the end, you'll be saved. So tonight and, and really for the rest of our Wednesdays leading up to our really it's just this week and and next week, I want to minister to you on a topic that's very close to my heart. And that is vision. That's vision, because the key to ending one season, I believe, is determined by how you enter the next season. And vice versa. The way you enter the next season of your life is highly dependent on how you end the season you're currently in. And I don't want to see us fall premature in the season that we're in and enter a new season uh, with, with not as much preparation and not as much laid out that we could possibly have. And here we see a word from Paul in Philippians chapter 3. And starting with verse 12, you've probably all heard this passage before. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I love how he, he shows the picture of I'm going after something because God has put me here to go after something. I'm trying to obtain the very thing that Christ Jesus has obtained me for. You see, Jesus has obtained you. God had a goal in mind when he brought you in the kingdom. And that goal needs to be our goal. The reason why you're in the kingdom is ought to be our reason for living. We shouldn't have separate goals than God. God's goal for your life ought to be your goal for your life. Amen. What God wants to do with our lives uh, ought to be what we want to see done in our lives. And so he says here, I'm pressing on trying to obtain that which Christ has obtained me for. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, those things which are behind. You know, uh, there's obviously things in our lives that we want to forget that are behind. But then there's some things we want to hold on to. But he doesn't identify which ones we forget. He says, I lay, I forget that which is behind. If it's good, if it's bad, I forget it. I'm pressing on. Sometimes we live in the past. I, I know that I've heard, uh, you know, older pastors talk about how it used to be. God doesn't want to just redo what happened last time. God wants to do a new thing. The next season of our lives, the next season of our ministry, the next season uh, of our families ought to be different. We don't need to look back and hold on to what it used to look like. God isn't saying, remember what it was like in the 90s? Remember what it was like in the 80s? I just want to redo that again. I, I, don't, I can't come up with anything new. Just redo what it, when it was good. 
No, God's bigger than that. God's got a bigger vision for us than that. He has a bigger goal that he's apprehended us for. And Paul's saying, I'm forgetting which is behind. Good, bad, and the ugly. I'm laying it all behind. My only thought is to press on towards the goal. Look what he says in verse 14. I press toward the goal. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call, not the downward call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal. And the goal is what I want to focus on tonight because the goal is vision. The goal is vision. When a team begins a year, they have a goal in mind. When an athlete begins a new season, he has a goal in mind. But, you know, there's a lot of us that we go through life without even setting a goal. And the crazy thing about goals is you don't set goals that you you, you don't obtain goals that you don't set. I'll say that again. You do not obtain goals. You do not achieve goals that you do not set. And many of us just go through life. We don't have a goal. We start a new job and we don't have a goal. We, 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 we uh, you know, start a family and we don't have a goal. We do this and we do that and we don't have any goals. We're just riding through and we're letting life happen to us rather than us making the choices. What's the goal? So here we go into 2015. What's the goal for 2015? We have a word for them that we, you know, pops up a lot for about the first 14 days of January. They don't really last much longer than that for most people. And we call them resolutions. And, you know, that's really an improper word to use because when you are resolute about something, when you are resolved about something, there's nothing that moves you off of it. When you make a resolution, you don't get moved. Time doesn't move you off of it. I'm tired doesn't move you off of it. That looks really good doesn't move you off of it. Uh, you know, my friends don't move me off of it. Nothing can shake me. Nothing takes... I am resolute to this fact. I have resolved this is what I want done. So really, that's the wrong word to use. He says, I press toward the goal. The goal. Guys, number one thing we've got to do is we've got to set goals. We've got to set goals. Goals. And this is something that has really, for the last two months, has just really been inside of me. Because a lot of us, we're not seeing things achieved or done in our lives because we've just never set the goal. Do you want to start a business? Set a goal. Set a goal. Do you want to save money? Set a goal. Do you want to purchase the car? Set a goal. You want to lose weight? Set a goal. Do you want to eat differently? Set a goal. You got to have a goal in place and a goal that you can do. A a, a goal is not something that's so uh, far reached and unattainable that you're going to be more discouraged than you are encouraged to do it. But you got to know what that goal is. Paul says here, I know what the goal is. And I'm pressing toward the goal. He's pressing, pressing, running, going after, achieving, not letting go. Nothing is stopping me. Enduring until the end to achieve my goal. He's going after it. I press 
press toward the goal. We've got to have a goal. A goal is a picture of something that you want to one day obtain or be. A goal is a picture. A goal is never present. A goal is never present. A goal is never something that you already have. A goal is never something that you're already obtaining. A goal, I want to be a great mom. Well, you are a great mom. (laughs) That's something that you do already. Now, if you say in 2015, I want to continue to be a great mom. Well, that's something that has not been achieved because in 2015, you could digress and become a worse mom. But a goal is never something that is in the now. A goal is a picture of something that you do not have. A goal is a picture of something that you want to be or that you want to obtain, that you want to achieve in your life. So we've got to set goal. We have to set goals. Go over to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. You may have a goal that I want to be in the word every day. And you may have been in the word every day this year. And so your goal for 2015 is I want to continue that. Now, honestly, guys, our goals ought to increase. We shouldn't be repeating goals. We, we should increase it. Uh, you know, for for me, I have been doing a, baby, a daily Bible reading plan every year for about the last six years. And obviously the first couple of years, I wasn't that great at it. You get so far in and then you fall away. And But by now, we're in the Word every day, just about every single day, staying caught up with it, doing it. So for me to just say, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year, that, that's a little, I mean, I've achieved that. I want to do something different. Maybe I'll read the Bible through in a year and then add the Gospels twice to that. Or go through Psalms and Proverbs twice. I mean, there's, we've got to increase our goals. We have to develop beyond what we've already currently achieved. That's why it's a goal. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 talks about these goals. He uses a different word. He says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no revelation. Uh, many versions use this word, vision. Vision. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Some uh, translations read, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish, die off. Guys, we're not living if we're not producing. We're not living if we're not moving towards something. If we don't have a vision to our lives, we're not producing. If you don't have a vision for yourself as a husband and as a wife, you're not producing as a husband and a wife. If you don't have a vision for yourself as a parent, you're not producing as a parent. If you don't have vision for yourself as an employer, an employee, a business owner, for your finances, for your family, if we don't have vision, we're dying. But I want to even take a turn and I want to show you what this word, what this version tells us. The people cast off restraint. Vision-minded people are focused people. 
Vision-minded people do not get distracted easily. Vision-minded people can make resolutions. Vision-minded people can make a decision, make a choice, become resolute in their thinking, and see it accomplished. Resolute people, people that have a resolve about something, they don't get moved to the left or to the right. Friends don't sway them. Money doesn't sway them. Uh, the the uh, uh, people telling them that you're never going to obtain that, that doesn't sway them. What are they doing? They are steadfast in their decision. Why? Because I've got a vision and you're not getting me off of it. I've got a vision. I'm resolved in this thing. I'm resolute in this thing. You're not going to get me off. You're not going to pull me away. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint when we don't have vision you're easily swayed see we make resolutions but then we don't have any vision we make a resolution i'm going to eat different but we don't actually see ourselves eating different we don't actually have a goal by this time i want to eat like this by this time, I want to save up this much money. And you don't have a plan. So per paycheck, I'm going to set aside this amount of money. We don't set a goal. And so there's no vision. And they're distracted. Uh, football players with no vision don't go to practice. Football players with no vision, they stay out until uh, 2 o'clock in the morning drinking whatever. Partying. But those that are dedicated to winning... Those that are dedicated to the, to the thing that they have given themselves to, those that have a dedicated goal, a Super Bowl trophy, a World Series trophy, whatever it is, the Stanley Cup, when they have a goal, nothing, I'm going to be at practice at this set time, I'm going to be at bed at this set time, I'm going to eat this type of food only, I'm going to do these type of workouts, no matter how hard it is, no matter how, how much I get pushed, no matter what people say, They're not getting me off of it because people with vision show restraint. People with vision are resolute and resolved in their decision making, in their choices, and they put things in line to see that come to pass. Without vision, without vision, the people cast off restraint now i want to tell you i want to show you tonight and next week i'm going to get into this even deeper but if you've ever heard me minister on vision you've heard me make this statement the greatest hindrance to vision is sight the greatest hindrance to vision is sight your sight will kill your vision Now, I want to tell you the difference between the two, because obviously, to some people, it might sound the same. But sight is what you see naturally. Vision is what you see spiritually. Sight is what you see today. Vision is a picture of tomorrow. And what happens is, is when we lose vision, we become moved by our sight. We become moved by what we see rather than what we want to see. We become moved by what is currently taking place rather than what we want to see take place. 
And this is the issue. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four talks about the difference between sight and vision. Second Corinthians four, verse 18. Some of you may have seen this passage before. While we do not look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. I mean, that statement right there can baffle you if you don't understand the difference. I don't look at what is seen, but I do look at things that you cannot see. I mean, you go to work and tell your boss, I am not looking at things that are seen. I'm only looking at things that you can't see and see what he says to you. (laughs) See the response that you get. That doesn't make any sense. But yet Paul says, I don't look at things that you can naturally see, but I keep my eyes fixed on that which you cannot see. Because the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Temporary means subject to change. That means it has the capacity to be different. It means that one day it will look different than it currently does. So why are we gazing upon? Why are we focused on? Remember that 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 phrase we do not look at. That doesn't mean that you close your eyes and you ignore it. It means you don't focus on it. But see, what happens is, is when we're driving towards our vision, we get our eyes off the vision and we start looking at the way it is right now. And when we lose vision, we cast off restraint. When we lose vision, there's nothing restraining us saying, you got to stay the course. We got to continue going after this. You got to continue going for the goal. I mean, I, I know, you know, just in, in sports that there are times that it can look like there is no way we're going to achieve our goal. And how many times do we do that in the natural? We come upon a moment. We come upon a situation in our lives. We have set a goal and we say we want to see this and we get such and such down the road and it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like it doesn't look like we're even moving towards the vision or the goal and we quit we quit what do we do we cast off restraint we're no longer moved by the vision anymore we stay we we get moved by what we see and there's no way i can lose that much weight there's no way i can save that much money there is no way we're going to be able to buy a car this year so spend it Eat it. I'm not going to keep working out. I mean, I'm not even seeing a difference. And we lose the vision. We start looking at the way it is today. We cast off restraint. The, The vision is what keeps us guided. The vision is what creates a path for us to stay in. And when we lose the vision, we get off the path. The only way we're going to continue with vision... Is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Throw it up there. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Look at this last one. The evidence of things not seen. Vision is not accomplished without faith. 
Vision is not accomplished without faith. When you lose faith, you lose vision. When you lose vision, you cast off restraint and you get off the path. We don't continue on the road. We don't continue on the path that we had intended for ourselves. The teams that make it to the end, the teams that finish strong, are the ones that keep the goal in front of them no matter what. And, and, and I know, you know, we've even seen some teams recently that it looked like there was no way you're going to finish strong. There's no way you're going to come out with this thing. I mean, everyone's talking about this team in July. You know, the all-star break in baseball is the, the halfway point, And everyone, you know, talks about th- this is the team that's got the shot. And then, you, you know, there's this team that after the all-star break, all of a sudden just bursts open, get, gets hot at the right time and finishes strong. Why? Because they kept believing in themselves. I can promise you that there is no team that makes it accidentally to the end. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not achieve a goal accidentally. You will achieve a goal in your life because you pursue it. What did Paul say? I press on toward the goal. I press on. What's that tell me? That, that means that there's pressure. And when pressure shows up, then I need to press on. We need to fight back against the resistance with the same endearment that it's pushing against us with. When pressure comes, don't let it push you off course. Push harder to stay on the course. And those are the ones that finish strong. Those are the ones that complete. Those are the ones that make it to the end. Vision is not accomplished without faith. We've got to be people of faith. We will not see the vision come to pass in our lives. You won't see the goal that you set come January 1 or whatever goals you're even beginning to think of right now. We've got to be people that set goals and set goals that are obtainable and then stay with it. And you've got to remain in faith. You've got to remain in faith. Now, there is somebody that has already had vision for your life before you have had vision. In Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. We all love this verse. Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. One version says, for I know the plans. I know the plans. What do plans do? What does a plan do? A plan gives me a picture of something that I don't see yet. A plan gives me a picture. You know, I remember when we were building the uh, classrooms over here, getting all this construction done. I had to go before the board, the committee over here. I had to let them know my plan. I had to give them a picture of something that I didn't even have yet. I had to give them a vision of what I wanted to see this empty space, an empty 
2,000 square foot unit, I had a vision of multiple classrooms in it. And then I had to go to an architect. And I had to say, this is what we're looking at doing. This is what we want to get done. And he drew up plans. I still have them. Big old huge sheet of paper that's got plans that shows exactly where everything's supposed to go. It is detailed down to the centimeter. Where every outlet will go. Where every stud will go. Where the, 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 uh, where the emergency stuff will go. I mean, it's all laid in there. Where the lights are. It's in the plans. The plans gave me a picture of what I did not see yet. God has already set plans for your life. In essence, he's already given you a vision. He's got a vision for your life. I started this whole thing off with Paul saying, I want to apprehend that which Christ has apprehended me for. The, bit, the best thing you can do for 2015 is get a hold of God's vision for your life. Get a hold of God's vision. I can tell you right now, his plans will endure. Proverbs tells us that his plans will endure. We can have all kinds of ideas, but it's his plan that will continue to go. You know, we all get ideas. We get ideas of what we want it to look like. We get ideas of where we want to be. We, we get ideas of how long this will take. But God is ultimately the one that has the plan, and his plan will outlast your plan. His plan is more important than your plan. God is a planner. And this is what I love about God. He says to give you a future. God didn't just plan you being birthed into the world. And then the rest of it is up to you. God didn't have a plan that said, I want to see them born and I want to see what they're going to do with their life. No, he said, I have a plan for your entrance and I have a plan for your existence. God did not just plan your entrance. God has already planned your existence. Your vision is not up to you. Your purpose is not up to you. 2015, guys, it's not up to you. You don't get to go into January 1 and say, these are the resolutions. These are the ideas. This is what I'm going to do. No, you got to get with God. you got to get with him. He's already got the plan. He didn't just plan you getting in the world and then the rest is up to you. You just pick up where he left off. No, he planned you getting in and he knows how to get you through. He already knows the people you're going to influence. He already knows the, the, the businesses you're going to start. He already knows the things you're going to do in ministry. He already knows what you're going to do with your life. He's given you a future and a hope. A future. Thank God that he didn't say, man, I just had this great plan to get you here. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't really have an idea for, uh, you know, what you're going to accomplish or how you're going to get there. But, hey, I got you here. Got my part done. He doesn't just wash his hands and say, all right, your turn. Go ahead. No, he has a plan for your entrance. He also has a plan for your existence. He knows exactly why you're here. He knows exactly what you're going to do. See, we just we have this funny idea that God is walking through our life with us. 
Like he's going through life holding our hands saying, all right, what's what's around this corner? What's going to happen here? What does 2015 hold, guys? You realize that God has already seen the completion of your life. He's already seen the end of life. He already knows everybody he's designed you to impact and influence for the kingdom of God. He already knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows what you're going to do 2015. He knows what you're going to do 2025. He knows your plan. He has it all laid out. Your future is in God's past. It's already happened to him. And God loves to talk to you about stuff that hasn't happened yet. God loves to bring things to you that haven't taken place. God loves to reveal things to you that look way bigger than what you are possibly handling right now. But the exciting thing is, is that if God calls you, he equips you. If God has called you to do it, then he's already stored everything inside of you so you can accomplish that. That's how potential works. That's how potential works. Potential is, is what God has given you to carry out the vision for your life. It's potential. It's potential. There has never been a vision that God has given for my life. There has never been a, a vision that God has given for me for this church, uh, for, for anything in my life that has seemed doable at the time. Nothing. I have never been given a vision from God and I say... Yeah, that's easy. I got that. What else you got? No, it's always bigger. It's always beyond. Why? Because it's future. It's future. The goal has not happened yet. The goal has been presented before you, but you have not achieved it. You have not been placed there. God, there guys, there, there may be some, some vision that comes across to you for this next year. That you look at it and you say, there's no way. But when God makes a way, there's a way. When God says that's the vision, then he has placed everything within you so you can accomplish that vision in your life. You may look at it and say, I'm too weak, I'm too small, I don't make enough, I don't have the right background, I don't have the right history, I didn't go to school long enough. Whatever excuse you want to come up with. But when you make God's vision your vision, you bring on restraint and you start making decisions and choices in life that gets you directed on the path so you can press on towards the goal. You wouldn't have to press if it was easy. He didn't say, I'm casually walking on towards the goal. No, he says, I'm pressing. There's so many things coming against me trying to stop me. There's so many things telling me I can't. There's so many things telling me I won't. There's so many, telling, uh, so many things telling me that there's no way possible. But I am pressing, enduring. And if I will endure to the end, I will be saved. So for this next year, what's the vision? What's the vision? You may know, you may not know. But I would encourage you to discover the vision. Discover the purpose. Discover the plan that God has for your life. I tell you right now, you will not be happy. You will not be satisfied. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how uh, 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 how much uh, you accrue in your lifetime. The Bible says, uh, "Is it will a man gain the whole world but lose his soul?" All I know is at the end, finality. 
I want to know that I've achieved the vision that God has had for my life. That God has had for my life. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I don't know where your 2014 ended up. I don't know how this year went for you. I don't know if you can look back and say, man, you know, God has been faithful. There, there have been some awesome things that have taken place and I'm just getting excited about 2000. Or, or you might say, you know what, this year has been a wash for me. I came into this year with greater expectation. I, I came into this year uh, looking forward to more, but I, I just, you know, I, I can't really look back and say that I've achieved what God has said before. You know what, I'm, I'm going to encourage you tonight. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. We forget what is behind and we look ahead. We forget what's behind. You forget what happened this summer. You forget what happened this fall. You forget what happened this spring. You forget what happened in January. You forget that thing that seemed like it tore you apart. You forget that thing that seemed like it just, the, 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 the bottom just dropped out from under you. It, it, it just blindsided you. You didn't even see it coming. You forget it. You may be on the other side. You may be able to look back and say, man, it's it's been a great year. I've accomplished much. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. God has a new season. God has a new thing. We can look back at the good things and say, God, you've been faithful. You've brought me through. There were times where I thought I wasn't going to make it, but you showed yourself faithful. You promised and you provided. But we got to Forget what's behind. Forget what's behind. Because people with vision don't look in the rear view mirror. Vision only looks forward. Vision only looks forward. We've got to be vision-minded people. Vision-minded God did not call you to be sight-driven. He destined you to be vision-minded. One thing that I love about God is He did not design us to think small. He did not design us to think small. He designed us to think big. He designed us to think beyond. He designed us to think overwhelming. What I'm currently in, what I'm currently seeing, does not dictate where I will end up tomorrow. I forget what's behind. I push on. I press on. I endure. I outlast. I stand. Father, we thank you tonight. You are a vision God. You are a vision God. You don't talk about what has been. You're talking about what's going to be. Father, help us get a picture of our lives, a vision for our lives that is beyond where we're at today. Help us see greater. Help us see beyond. Help us see uh, beyond where we're currently at. We will not allow our current state to move us. We will not allow our current position to dictate us. We will not allow our present situation to determine our purpose. 
our future. God, we're so thankful you are a vision, God. You are a planner. You are a thinker. So, Father, we just want to get your plan. We just want to get your vision. We want to see ourselves accomplish that which you destined us for. We want to see ourselves achieve that which you have set before us. We press on toward the mark. Press on toward the goal. So that we can achieve all that you have called us to be. We thank you for this tonight. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.